Welcome to Digital Marketing Happy Hour, a podcast about marketing, technology, and life. In this episode, we're going to talk to you about authenticity and how being authentic and transparent in your messaging is the quickest and easiest way to generate leads. This is episode number 11, and it starts right now. Digital Marketing Happy Hour is brought to you by Araxum, your resource for marketing and technology. For more information, go to araxum.com. That's A-R-A-X-A-M.com. So this is a happy hour, and we hope you know the drill by now. What happy hour is complete without a few beverages? Ryan, what are you drinking tonight? So I'm sticking with uh, the, the Vino Trend. Right now, it's uh, more in the bubbles mood, so it is a Prosecco, nothing fancy. It's a La Marca, something that anybody can get anywhere. Um, You see it pretty much everywhere you're at in restaurants and bars. At least you find it a lot in America. So keeping it light and fresh, Chris, what are you drinking? Uh, I went with another funky Buddha tonight. It's called Vibin, and it's a groovable lager that's as smooth as a righteous riff, at least according to Funky Buddha. We have our beverages in hand, so let's get started, everyone. He's Chris Casale. I'm Ryan Smith. Once again, thank you for joining us on Digital Marketing Happy Hour. If you're new to our podcast, thank you for listening, and we welcome you. If you're a repeat listener, again, first off, Thank you. You know by now that marketing is a passion of ours, specifically digital marketing and technology. Either way, we hope you're going to enjoy this upcoming episode all about authenticity. Our goal is to help your business achieve results so you can reach your goals. In this episode, we're going to talk about authenticity in your marketing messages. And if you've been listening to the podcast at all, this has been a common theme through a couple episodes now. We talked about content marketing and some of the earlier ones and some of the appropriate ways to come up with ideas to create content that's going to engage your audience. And in the last two episodes, we actually had a guest on, Damon Burton, who talked to us about SEO and then social proof. And authenticity and transparency are some of the key components that are part of social proof. There's also been several books written on the subject. One that comes to mind is Trust Agents by Julian Smith and Chris Brogan. And there's been several that talk about, you've heard Ryan and I talk about the riches and the niches. We've used a phrase like that before. And really what that is meant to refer to is how a very specific sub-segment of the audience is where you're going to have the most success. If you try to be all things to all people, you'll be nothing to no one. The purpose of authenticity, when you've identified who your audience is, is being true and delivering that message. So in tonight's episode, we're going to talk to you about three steps used to build that trust and influence. You know, Chris, conversations we've had, you know, for years now about, you know, the messaging, the authenticity, understanding your audience. Okay, so this is nothing new. However, we had a chance back in, I think it was 2014, you and I attended Inbound in Boston, 
and I think it was 2014. Could be wrong. Uh, right around that. And you and I had a chance to listen to Chris Brogan speak, who is the author of uh, co-author of Trust Agents, which you just talked about. And it was really interesting. And and in that book, he talks about which which I really like is you know companies can't hide behind this branding campaign because in this day and age, a customer can is one Google search away from the truth. And just that quote alone was it kind of opened my eyes. It's one of those things you always understand that and it's just assumes, but hearing it in in sort of those words, it really relates to where we're at in this world where no matter what you say, it's going to be researched. People are going to find the truth of whatever it is. Now, the more ho- high profile you are, the more people are going to be out searching to see you know what is true and what's not true. We're talking about politicians, actors, celebrities, and so forth. But when he wrote that, it really resonated with, with me. And I think it kind of pulls us back to that sort of a reality check that, you know what? You have to be mindful of your messaging, whether it's written or verbal on video, because you're going to get fact-checked. And again, as Chris Brogan wrote, you are one Google search away from the truth. Yeah, and I think that's we see a lot of that in the data today. There's a, there's a phenomenon that happens where individuals will be standing in a store right in front of the item that they want to buy, and they'll pull out their phone and they'll do a search on it. The reason for that is, number one, they're checking the price. They want to make sure they're getting a good price on it. But they're also likely reading reviews and other information about the item to make sure that it's the best purchase, right? So that leads into exactly what you were just talking about. Another component of it is that there's an old adage that goes, none of us like to be sold, but we all like to buy. And there's a tremendous amount of truth in that. If you think about the last experience you had buying something, big ticket or otherwise, you don't want to be aggressively sold the item, right? You've done perhaps a lot of research on your own, but you know you're going to buy it. You know you're going to go to the store and get exactly what you're looking for or order it online because you've done that research. So we like to purchase, but we like to be the ones that hold the cards when it comes to that decision making. And so when one of the things that we talk about with regard to authenticity is giving that power to your customers, being authentic in your messaging so that they can find the information that best serves them. And that, I think, is one of the best ways to achieve a certain level of success. And I was actually thinking of a, a story that really sort of encapsulates this. And I don't know if this will resonate with everybody, but the one that came to mind is, you know, Ryan, you're a Walking Dead fan, and we've been watching the show for a couple of years now. It's one of the things we always talk about over the water cooler. And there's a show that comes on after Walking Dead called Talking Dead that's hosted by Chris Hardwick. For those of you that aren't familiar with Chris Hardwick, he used to host a show on MTV called Singled Out in the 90s with Jenny McCarthy. And he was sort of this mainstream actor trying to build up his credibility that way. And it flamed out and he never went anywhere with it. And I guess he had a low period in his life and whatnot. Well, at some point... In the 2000s, he decided to embrace his inner nerd. He runs a podcast called Nerdist. He's doing stand-up comedy. I don't think there's a single show on AMC that he doesn't host at this point. And all of it is talking to actors in these very niche genres. He hosts Comic-Con panels, and he's, he's really embraced that inner nerd and is serving that audience. And that audience has embraced him back, and now he's a megastar, but only within that subsegment of the audience. And so I've read his story and I've listened to his podcast and 
I think he's fantastic at it. He's very entertaining to listen to, and I think it's just a tremendous success story that I'm assuming a lot of our fans out there probably watch that show as well, and so they might be able to relate to it. Well, you know what? I think it's a great example. So The Walking Dead, I think, by the way, it just hit 10 years from its original episode. I could be mistaken, but I believe it's about 10 years now from when it debuted in the summer, I believe 2010, so to where we're at now. But Chris Hardwick, which is interesting about that, and I think why that show works is because he comes across as not a host, but a fan nerd, you know? So he's this host, he comes across, he talks to his guests, but he says questions as if he was a fan and, you know, almost like never had this sort of quote unquote celebrity experience before. I like that. I like that he's in those shoes. And that makes it to be a great show. Now, that's just an example. I mean, if you're not a fan of The Walking Dead, you've never heard of this before. Okay, so that might not be a great example for you. But think of some sort of show, some sort of celebrity that talks and they communicate to you where you feel like you can relate to them. And that's what we're getting at about that authenticity where you see somebody in this could be high profile position and when they communicate it just it resonates for us walking dead is one of those shows and specifically talking dead where it's the after show and it talks all about it brings on some of the actors that are on it the the writers the showrunners and you have a host who really does communicate as if and ask the questions when you're at home on the couch those are the questions i want to ask those actors So when you can communicate that to your audience, you are honed in. And I think that's what we're talking about here specifically when we're talking about authenticity is you have to understand your audience. You have to know the questions ahead of time. You want to know them so well that when they have a problem, not only do you have already identified the problem, you can come up with a solution. When you have that in front of you, first of all, then you can communicate your solution communicate to them in a way that does come across authentic and it comes across that way because it is so chris hardwick great show talking dead especially if you're a sci-fi nerd like we are then you're going to appreciate that but at the end of the day it's all about your messaging now to transition to another author and famous that we like and i know that chris this is you know kind of a good one and hits home for you was you brought this up at the beginning before we started recording was about Seth Godin. Seth Godin has wrote a bunch of books. Chris, tell us, you know, your thoughts and your sort of interpretation from his book back in 2015, We Are All Weird. Well, for me, what Seth was talking about in that book is how, you know, if you look at the way TV shows were mass produced in the 60s and really more towards the 80s and early 90s, The goal of a successful show was mass consumption, right? You wanted to produce a Seinfeld or a Friends that everybody was watching. Well, that became harder and harder because more and more TV networks started to exist. And it was hard to find content that was topical and relatable to everybody. And I don't mean to segue back to Walking Dead, but that's a perfect example of a show that could have been picked up by the big networks, NBC, ABC, CBS, or Fox, and it wasn't. And it took AMC picking it up saying, we know this might not be a mass market appeal show, but we're going to take a waiver on it and give it a try. And 
It ended up actually becoming a huge colossal success, but the goal that they had was in serving their niche audience, which was sort of with these, you know, off the beaten path shows that developed a bit of a cult following. And there are lots of shows that have come up like that. So one of the things that Seth Godin talks about in his book, We Are All Weird, is how all of us have different things that we like, different things that we believe in, different things that are important to us. We look for commonalities, or we look for those elements that we can relate to when it comes to picking brands that we want to do business with. And the beauty of the internet is that it has made things that were sort of off the beaten path, out of style, and brought them back into style, right? It doesn't matter if you have, you're an inner Dungeons and Dragons geek and you want to play that with a bunch of people in live action role play, you can find people that do that. The same way you can find people that are fans of tennis on clay courts or like to play par three golf courses. All of those micro audience exists out there. And so you find the ones that relate to you. And that's what Seth talks about in this book that goes back to exactly what we're talking about with regard to authenticity. Serve your audience. And to quote what Seth Godin said in this book, it's weird is the new normal and only companies that figure that out have any chance of survival. A couple of episodes ago, we really broke down about understanding your audience. And I think that's still important. That's what we're talking about here is you have to understand their needs, understand the persona. You can call them an ICA, your ideal customer avatar, create that, understand all of that. And then when you talk to them talk from the heart, be authentic in your messaging. So Chris Brogan, Seth Godin, both do a great job. And there's plenty others that do talk about this in their uh, in their books on stage with their, their talks. You can look up TEDx, and I'm sure you'll find 100 other people that also follow along with those. But these are two examples that I think people can relate to because they'll, they'll know the names, if not both of them. And you can relate to their messaging. So now that we kind of back that up of why you need to understand that, I think it's also important to understand, you know, one of the common problems that marketers face is how do you convert now your users, your prospects into leads? And then how do you take those leads into being paying customers with authenticity? So first of all, being authentic really just means that your brands need to stay true to who you are. What do they do? Who do they serve? You need to understand those questions and then speak to them. Number two, being authentic also means being transparent. One of the things we you hear a lot about with social media and why it's actually you know not great for the psyche is people only show it as a positive highlight reel. When you see your friends on the beaches or skiing at the nice resorts, flying first class from here to there, they're only showing you what's filtered out and what they want you to see. While those aspects, those fragments of the life might be true, that's not necessarily transparency. Transparency is showing you the good and the bad. People don't like to show the bad on social media. And this is where keeping up with the Joneses, as they say, this starts to wreak havoc on your psyche and just the whole psychology in detriment that social media can play with yourself. So as a brand, as an entrepreneur, as a small to medium-sized business, it's okay to show the flaws in your business. With success 
it's easy to show. With failure, it's hard. But I think failure is never truly failure if you can learn from it and maybe show. And that's where case studies, you know, at times are born from. So I think it's important to be transparent in your messaging. This is great on social media to be able to do this. And then lastly, you know, brands no longer have an option other than representing themselves both honestly and as we just talked about, transparently. So the crucial element to all this is to come across authentic, to show the positives and to show the flaws. When you can do that, you know what you become? Relatable. And I think those are the big key things that most people miss when they're creating their Instagram stories. For example, their photos that they're showing on Facebook, the videos that they're portraying on YouTube or LinkedIn. So we're going to give you three key elements to building trust and influence and remaining authentic. And it's important to note that these are elements, not steps. And the reason I say that is these are not things where we can say, go do step one, step two, step three, and you're being authentic. They're things that you have to think about in all of the content that you built and all of the decisions that you make for your company. They have to be part of the thought process that goes into that. Otherwise, you're going to make a misstep and you have the potential to fail at this. The first element, as Ryan talked about quite a bit, is transparency and honesty. This is critical because if you claim to be transparent and honest, but you're found out later as doing something sort of unethical or immoral, that trust is forever going to be shattered. There, It is very, very difficult, if not impossible, to completely rebuild that. And Ryan talked about showing the ugly on social media. You know, obviously you don't want to lead with that foot, but what he's talking about there is when you make a misstep, when something goes wrong, don't hide it. Be transparent about it. Be honest. Make it right. Fix it. And, and if your audience sees that, that is actually going to do more to engender trust than any bad press or bad coverage you would get as a result of the mistake. The second element is empathy. And this is a, another common theme of this podcast, whether you're talking about your employees or you're talking about your customers, show them that you care. When they have a problem, don't be passive about it. Engage. Understand it. Try to understand how they're feeling, what they're thinking, what they're going through, and come up with ways that you can help as an organization, as a brand, as an entrepreneur. What are the things that you can do to make their lives a little bit easier, to help solve their problem? If they really feel that you engaged with them and look out for them, that's going to resonate far better with them. And in a lot of cases, individuals are even willing to pay more to have that sort of, you know, personal touch concierge service that your company can offer. When you talk about empathy, I do want to clarify, there is a, a huge difference between empathy and sympathy. A lot of times people blur the definitions between the two. So I'm going to actually start with what sympathy is. The difference is sympathy refers to the ability to take part in someone else's feelings. Mostly, usually it's because you're feeling sorry for them or at least sorrowful about maybe their misfortune or whatever is happening in their life. Empathy, on the other hand, is when we use it for the ability to understand other people's feelings as if we were having those same feelings ourselves. Huge distinction between the two. 
Sympathy, I feel sorry for you. Empathy is when you have a bit of an understanding of what's going on as if you were in their shoes. So when Chris talks about being empathetic, I think it's really important to understand the difference between the two and not say you're being empathetic, but in reality being sympathetic, but truly understand and put yourself in their shoes and speak to them that way. And again, that's how you will come across and truly be authentic to your audience. That's a good distinction, Ryan. And the final element that we've got is consistency. Stay true to your brand. Whatever it is that you've decided on, be consistent and follow through with it. And you're seeing a lot of companies now, it's sort of interesting the shift that's happening where individuals want to do businesses that they know care about the same things that they care about. So if you're big on social causes and you know an organization that is a big participant in those causes, or perhaps it's a manufacturing company that reduces carbon emissions and is very environmentally conscious, those are the values that your audience has, then that's going to resonate very clearly with them. If all of a sudden you start investing in plants that are polluting the environment, Now you're breaking that brand promise with those customers, and that's a large business example, but it plays true to the small brand as well. If you say you stand for certain values, certain beliefs, don't break from that. Be consistent in the delivery of those message and the actions that you take as an organization so that your customers can see that you're living the things that you say. I think staying true to the brand as part of your consistency is an important step. An example of that is don't portray yourself as a luxury brand if your product is a little bit more of a value product. That's okay, but don't try to make it something that it's not. Stay in your lane, stay in your sector, know your customer and what their expectations are. That is another way that you can stay consistent and be authentic in your messaging. So now that we have come across The three main steps of transparency, honesty, number two, empathy, number three, staying consistent and true to your brand. Now that you have that understanding, the platforms that you're using don't change. You can use all of these and still promote your content and create content on Instagram and Facebook, create these videos on YouTube, promote them on LinkedIn. TikTok is becoming huge in the business world. It's been huge really for the, as we know, the kids in the 20-somethings. Now we're seeing TikTok becoming really popular and big. Believe it or not, in the over 30s, the over 40s of this world, they're starting to see TikTok take off. So again, authenticity will play on any of those platforms. And then I'm going to go a little old school on you, a little written word being authentic in your blogs, in your articles, infographics as well, creating that. So these are all the different types uh, of platforms that you can showcase your authenticity throughout social media and your website. So that will wrap up another episode of Digital Marketing Happy Hour, but no episode is complete without Keep It Light. Ryan, what are you binge watching or reading these days? You know, right now, there's nothing major that is kind of jumping out at me. 
So the only thing I can say that I am binging is I got a, a case of uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, little little vino that came my way. So it, it's a mixed bag of different uh, bottles. So right now I am going all in in the month of July here on uh, red wine. What are you binging, Chris? When I'm working, particularly if I'm writing code or sifting through my email or working on, you know, websites or whatnot, I like to have something on in the background, whether it's music or TV, that really doesn't demand anything of me, that's very light and easy. And I came across, Netflix just released uh, Unsolved Mysteries, which is a show I used to watch in the 90s when Robert Stack hosted it. And, you know, unfortunately, Robert Stack passed away, so he's not hosting it, but They really do a great job with the storytelling, and it's funny, I had put it on intending it to be mindless, but I found myself getting so hooked that I'd stop doing my work and I'm intently watching the episodes. Uh, but so far, I've been enjoying it. It's it's actually been uh, entertaining, so if you're into that kind of thing, check it out. Very cool. By the way, you talked, uh, I think it was two episodes ago, on, uh, what was the Netflix show, The, the Floor is Lava, is that right? Yes. That is blowing up now, and I briefly heard of it, and then you talked about it. I'm not saying you're the reason why it blew up, but it is huge, and it's becoming this big success on Netflix. So thank you for telling me about it because you know I heard it from you first, and now it's just taken off. There's a good chance other folks heard it on the podcast, and that's why it's so popular. By the way. We just want to say, first of all, thank you to everybody for listening to our podcast. This is new. We're 11 episodes in, and we don't take things like this lightly, the fact that you even listened for five minutes. But if you are listening this far already, thank you so much. Digital Marketing Happy Hour, we're proud to say we're this little podcast in Florida, the United States of America, but we actually now are in 25 different countries that uh, that people have listened to us. So thank you very much for that. We love what we do. We hope you join us with a beverage in hand each Wednesday, which is when the new episodes drop. We hope you join us. So thank you very much for that. 25 countries we'll probably have what 300 or something more to go, but we hope to continue to, you know, produce new content that you find value. in. so thank you very much, everyone. And speaking of that content, if there's something you'd like to hear about on the show, or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, send us an email, podcast at araxam.com. That's podcast at A-R-A-X-A-M.com. Also, you can find us on social media. Please hit me up on LinkedIn. Uh, You can just search Ryan Smith. Now, you can't just search Ryan Smith. There's 500 million of us. But go to Ryan Smith Marketing in the search bar, or actually, you could even search Araxam, A-R-A-X-A-M, in LinkedIn, and you'll find both Chris and myself on there. Also, Twitter and Instagram, hit me up, please. Ryan Smith FLA is the handle, so that is R-Y-A-N. S-M-I-T-H-F-L-A. Give us a DM. Follow us. Tell us if there's something that you loved. If you hated something we said or you want to argue with it, we love that. Send us your feedback as well through the DMs. And I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. You can reach me on Twitter at Real Chris Casale. That's R-E-A-L-C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-A-L-E. And if you haven't done so yet, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you're listening to the podcast. We hope it's a bright spot in your week. After all, it's our mom's favorite podcast, and we hope it's becoming yours too. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.
Thank you for listening to the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. This week's episode is brought to you by Araxum.com, your digital resource for marketing and technology. Visit Araxum at A-R-A-X-A-M.com. The music intro you heard is called Pure Adrenaline by Eddie off the album Too Damn Loud. You can learn more at CactusSlimRecords.com. The music used for closing credits In My Pocket by Jazzer, you can find it on their album Message. Learn more at BetterWithMusic.com. Thank you for listening.